you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Your host here, James Coe, joined alongside by the Fantasy Maverick, Adam Rank. What's cracking? What's going on, James? Are you in trouble, by the way? Why is that? Oh, because of my previous story. What was the thing that you were like, oh, that's... uh... If you want to have a successful relationship with your girl, you have to figure out the exact and very specific way to apologize to her. Because that's the, you know, if a, if there's a dude and you're like, hey, man, sorry, bro. Yeah. That's it's all encompassing. <laughs> right. right. It's like, hey, man, sorry about that. And it doesn't it, it could be anything. It could be I, I accidentally broke the window in your car. Uh, I oh, you did? I accidentally I, took your. That was you? <laughs> I accidentally killed your dog. You uh, started dating Angela even though you really liked her. Exactly. Sorry, bro. And, you know, generally it's going to be accepted. Right? I don't know if kill your dog is just. Actually, a, those are examples sorry, of things that would not be. <laughs> Even breaking a window I, in your car, you wouldn't I accept have, my apology? Okay. The window's fine. Okay, okay. But I still have a friend who's okay. married okay. with like three or four children who's still upset yeah. about a girl from college. Like, oh, it was kind of a, kind of a jerk move. <laughs> she didn't like you. But, what did you want me to do? But when it comes to when it comes to your girlfriend or your wife, in, in my my example, my wife, you just can't apologize. It has to be so unbelievably specific, and and every and every woman is different. You know, it's like is she a gifts girl? Like, does she need flowers? Does she need chocolate? Does she need or does she need a hug? I mean, does she want you to talk about your emotions? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Not that. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's always last. That's yeah. This that's this always. is the most May opening just, to the podcast we could ever have. Just be upset at me already. <laughs> talk about my. Okay, emotions. so yes, I, I am in the doghouse a little bit. We got into an argument yesterday. My wife and I did, and I I talked to her on the phone uh, today, and uh, she did, she kind of sort of did not accept my apology. So. Mm. 
so thus the tweet. And she doesn't. She's not on Twitter, so it don't matter. Everybody uh, send your tweets you know of support to James. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. She's not on Twitter, so I can tweet whatever the hell I want. At James D. Co. He needs your support. That's a pretty no, savvy guys. move. <laughs> the That's how you can crowdsource it. <laughs> uh, Alex Gelhar, what's up? Uh, I don't know. The Great start to the show already. I know. I should have gone to Adam Rick last. <laughs> I thought it was a good start. I, just, I think it's a, an enjoyable conversation. I wanted to make sure that it was okay. It's kind of like good. a cold open. You know what? Start the <clears throat> start the music again. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what's up, man? Uh, I had sushi for lunch, and now I have a little piece of pickled ginger stuck in my back teeth. Oh, man. I thought you were telling me you were about to tell me some gas station sushi story. No, no, I, I don't do that. And then I was about to take you to the hospital immediately. I uh, Look, I, look. I, I ate. I have eaten more than my fair share of big bites from Seven Eleven, um, but I haven't done that since I was probably in high school. Because that woman died, right? Uh, from nacho cheese. Nacho I cheese at a gas station. It, and was that that was in the what Sacramento? Was that in the Somewhere Fresno? The, no, it was like was Sacramento that? area. It was uh, uh, it was Northern California. Right. Um, yeah, that's a that's a bad deal. Um, you know, you, you certainly don't want anything like that to happen. But also, like, why are you doing this? Right. I mean, why? Why would you go to a gas station? Because you're hungry. You're you're at a gas station. And you're like, you know what? I could use a but little get the prepackaged up. stuff. So, get get some chips. Get, get some a, Doritos. Get I've done that. Get some ruffles and call today. Who the hell gets the damn nacho cheese? I don't know. Oh, you do. That's why. What do you look at the look on your face? <laughs> no, You've done it. No, I don't like nacho cheese like that. Oh. You get at ballparks and stuff <clears throat> like that. That's not my jam. All right. Okay. But I mean, I've had I've had gas station sushi before. Oh. Mm. Wouldn't you trust a gas station <laughs> no. in Southern California more Absolutely than you would not. trust, like, being in Omaha? What? Oh, like a sushi restaurant in Omaha yeah. versus the L.A. gas station? I would say the no. gas station no. probably rates higher. No. no. It's near the ocean. <laughs> it is a gas station. That's uh, not good. They still have to subscribe <clears throat> to the same principles uh, as <laughs> as dictated So are we going to get the business fi- bureau. Alex we're, Gelhard, before the podcast started, said, "Are we going to hit fifty minutes?" We're already one tenth of the way yeah, there. Yeah, we're not. We're not getting to fifty. <laughs> we're going over. To those of you who haven't stopped listening to this podcast already, after our <laughs> enlightening discussion about apologizing to your significant other and gas station sushi, thanks for sticking around. We'll get to see. Oh, you know what? We'll get more. We'll get a ton of tweets on that. All right. Uh, listen, we're going to do an NFL divisional breakdown. We're breaking down the NFC East. Uh, this portion is just for Matt Harmon. We were going to call you, bro, but we're not going to call you anymore. More. We're out of time. I'm sorry. Why not? We're, we're, we're cutting that out immediately. Uh, but we will start the show as we always do with our top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news. Because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Oh man, you know what I love? OTA has just started. So now there is just a flood of news, and I love it. Uh, we'll start with Gang Green, Jets offensive coordinator John Morton. Not to be confused with former Lions wide receiver Johnny. Although they both both graced the campus of USC. And one they one. were both at US. And this was the confusing part. John Morton was actually the wide, wide receiver. receivers coach. Yes. At USC. When he was announced as hired, I honestly thought they had brought Johnny Morton back into the fold. I there was no <laughs> I was like the, I was like, of course that's him. Right. Of course because how else could there be a John Morton and then a Johnny Morton who also went to USC and played wide receiver? It's not him. It's John Morton. Uh he is the offensive coordinator for the Jets. Uh John Morton confirmed with reporters that the Jets will utilize a famous running back. 
by committee approach in 2017. Uh, we're seeing Bilal Powell go around pick 70, Matt Forte going around pick 100, according to ADP Info from Fantasy Football Calculator. Adam Rank, who's got the better price? I'm gonna. I think Bilal Powell gets widely undervalued. I think he's a pretty effective running back, and it, it's it hurts me to say he's but getting it, drafted ahead of Forte, like every, about three rounds. I, that's fine. I mean, because he should be. I mean, at this point of his career, Forte is not going to be the bell cow running back that he was mm-hmm. with the Chicago Bears. It's just it's a fact of life, and these things happen. And your favorite players suddenly just uh, not necessarily hit a wall, but. They get old, being productive. Yeah, people get older. You know, what do you want them to do? Yeah. Um, I think it's a great price. I, again, where Powell is being drafted is still a great price. Around pick 70. Yeah, I, I think he should be I, – I think I would actually have him a little bit higher. And he's somebody – again, if you're looking at a wide receiver early and you're looking at the running backs who will be left for you. Sure. I think when you start looking into the fifth round, mm-hmm. that – well, I guess 70 in a 12-team league is about the fifth round. That's, yeah. That seems that about, about right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. All right, then fine. His, his value is the same, but I'd rather have Powell. Okay, there you go. As tough as it is. Uh, am I the only person thinking that Matt Forte going around pick 100 is actually the better value there? Uh, I mean, I took him in. A, I did a mock draft for uh, Football Diehards magazine yesterday uh, that you guys can get in June, I think, sometime. And it was a PPR mock draft. And I took Matt Forte, 12 team, I think, uh, God, round nine or something like that. And I was like, why not? Why not? Like, I'll throw, a dart. I'll throw a dart at him. I mean, like, he's – I actually took him – I was drafting at the turn, and I took Adrian Peterson and him and Forte. And I was like, I basically took the guys from the Monty Python sketch uh, where they're like, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> so if they turn out, like, healthy and deliver, like, great. If if not, whatever. Like, cast him in and get somebody. I agree. You know what I'm most surprised about is, like, this time of year when the slightest bit of news or even non-news sends fantasy Twitter into a tizzy. Oh, yeah. Um. I'm surprised that the fact that, you know, Matt Forte was at NFL Broadcasting Boot Camp didn't create more shockwaves around the Twitter sphere. I like, see fair, it's a very good point. You know, like I, like he's were, got one foot out the door already. Right. I, I saw a few tweets about, hey, Matt Forte is, you know, trying out as a broadcaster. That's true. Club, but I really expected that to send, you know, fantasy Twitter into just an all-out apocalyptic rage. I saw I saw fantasy Twitter get more crazy about Calvin Johnson being in Oakland. <laughs> right. <laughs> Doing nothing. <laughs> Just, just hanging out. He was just hanging out in Oakland. Is he coming back? Is Calvin Johnson coming back? Is Megatron coming back? He's not coming back. He's not coming back. All right. Jamal Charles is still recovering from multiple knee surgeries. A new head coach, Vance Joseph, in Denver told reporters the 30-year-old back is still rehabbing during the OTAs period and that Charles won't be available till late July when training camps start. This on the heels of Mike Kliss of Nine News in Denver speculating that he thinks Jamal Charles only has a 50-50 chance of even making the roster. Mike Kliss with a little bit of heat there. Uh, Gentlemen, I'll ask you guys. JC's ADP is still stupidly high. Mm. Fake game managers uh, gambling on Charles in around the ninth round, picking the late 80s. I would imagine that That's ridiculous. So you're telling me that uh, that Jamal Charles is coming off the board ahead of Matt Forte. Matt Forte. That's so disrespectful. Yeah, that's that's insane. I'd. That's insane. I don't get it. That is a – I mean, like, Matt Forte has a definite role on a roster. <laughs> I with, know. with a clear path to touchdowns. <clears throat> yeah. Like, we haven't seen Jamal Charles on a football field in a while now. Oh, for sure. I think probably it's because last year he was going in round two. And so when you start thinking about this year and he's in round nine and he's staring you in the face – and, and, you know, Adam, like you bring it up all the time. When you start seeing familiar names, you get comfortable with them. 
Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? It's the uh, it's the Taco Bell on the side of the highway when you're driving down the grapevine and you need to stop someplace. And apparently you're too snobbish to get the uh, nachos <laughs> at the gas station, heaven forbid. Like the kids at Starbucks, you know, in, in Dublin. Okay. Dublin, California. Of course. You know, like they're like they're just not as un- inattentive. Is anybody else? They don't wash their hands like anybody else. Oh, but it's, they got a Starbucks smock on. I should probably trust them. They're also not, they're, you know, handling gas. I you don't know what they're handling. You don't know what their side hustle is. Oh boy, this could get this could get uh, a lie in a big time. Uh, uh, Doug yeah, Martin, yeah, in Tampa good Bay, save. was reportedly the first running back. I don't back. think I need to. I, I was going to make a point on that, but uh, yes, people get too familiar. I think when you get to the rounds. I, I, it's hard to see how big your your leagues are. Right. But that's when you need to start because most of those guys that you draft in those in those spots aren't going to end up working out for you too. Well, after the fifth. Well, a little bit later. I feel um, like I feel like the first hundred guys to go off the board, whatever format you're in, th- those guys are are you can see a defined role and you can you know predict with relative confidence what they might do in 2017 outside the 80, top 100 but, but pick 80 is way too early to be like yeah maybe this I guy agree. will come back that i agree with the guy i, who I think his adp will, will fall drastically. hasn't played in eight years his adp will fall drastically uh once we start getting to draft or or he could look fully healthy and just be a beast i don't know no. I'm just thinking that his ADP will fall. but we'll I see. do know, and it's not happening. Okay. All right. In Tampa Bay, Doug Martin was reportedly the first running back to go during OTA drills. Jacquez Rogers went second. Charles Smith, who had offseason shoulder Charles surgery. Charles Sims? Charles Sims. I don't know how I just uh, mixed that Are up. You Charles in NBA mode? What's I think I am. Charles Smith. Uh, Charles Sims, who had offseason shoulder surgery, went third. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. It doesn't mean nothing either, though, right? Doug Martin going first there. Remember, Dougie Fresh still serving the drug-related suspension from 2016 to start the season. He's going to miss the Bucks' first three games. The team also added Jeremy McNichols in the fifth round. Alex Gill, how are your take on the Tampa Bay running back situation? I mean, we're starting to get, uh, I think, Harmon and other people were the ones to first coin this term, but the drumbeat building this offseason for Doug Martin. GM came out and said he's looked great, like, you know, BSOHL, best shape of his life, talk. Dirk Cutter came out and said that. Now he's getting first-team reps. And, I mean, right. like, this shouldn't be a huge surprise. I think Doug Martin is still very clearly the most talented back in that backfield. Right. So he could come at a nice value in drafts in, if you can endure those first three weeks. Uh, there's also the risk that somebody takes over his job. But Jaquiz Rogers is, like, 5'7", and he wore down after a featured workload for a while. Right. Charles Sims, I think, is better suited as the role player. And then Jeremy McNichols is a fifth-round pick who I like, but – I don't know that he beat out Doug Martin. So it, it shouldn't surprise anybody, and it could be a, an indication that as soon as Doug comes back, if nobody takes a huge stranglehold of that offense, he's going to come back into the the featured workload we'd seen in the past. I'm I, old enough to remember when Doug Martin was going to get cut. Yep. Right? Remember that was the talk at the end of last season that like you know we, he may have played his last game with the Buccaneers. That's, right. That's before he showed up in the best shape of his life. Yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, but again, just a, as a courtesy reminder, remember Doug Martin will miss the first three games of the season still finishing out good, that drug-related suspension. Go Jeremy McNichols. I'll Why not? The, I'll make the lazy comparison to Jordan Howard who went in the fifth round for the Bears last year. Okay. That you can find value in these running backs later on because especially for smaller school guys because they kind of get dismissed. Yep. But you can tell if a guy can play, especially if they're coming from a, a small school. I would I would count Indiana as a small school, and of course McNichols coming from Boise State, and 
Listen, Boise State running backs, am I right? <laughs> Look are, at them. They've been right. great. You are right. Doug Martin, great for the Bucks for yeah. a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jay Ajayi. Jay Ajayi. Doing things. Doing things. Yeah. So you want you want on that Boise State running back party. Am I right? <laughs> uh, I love this Look at report. the numbers. All you got to do. Oh, Look no. at the numbers uh, of Boise State. Rams OTAs. NFL Network's very own Steve Weish. Great dude, by the way. Reporting that the team with Sean McVay at the helm will run a tight end-centric passing game. <laughs> Considering their wide receivers are... <clears throat> Uh, how do I put this? Well, they're possession-type receivers. Uh, yes. That's the nicest way of putting it. Uh, considering Jared Goff is still a very young quarterback featuring guys like Tyler Higbee, like second-round pick Gerald Everett, I think that makes sense. And, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Or I tell you what, I wouldn't fault anybody for taking a complete dart throw at either Higbee or, or Gerald Everett in, like, round 14 or 15 in their upcoming draft. Why not? I would definitely take a swing, especially, you know, we, we are in the midst in, uh, in the newsroom, some of us, in a dynasty uh, rookie draft right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's crazy to take a swing near the end at, say, Gerald Everett. Why not? Um, you know, I, I think he can do – it's weird. I, I can envision a world in which, you know, two of the top targeted guys in this Rams offense are Gerald Everett and Cooper Cup. Mm. You know, I don't know what it means long term for them, but I could see this year those two guys just loading up on targets in this offense with Jared Goff, having him make a lot of shorter, uh, more high percentage throws. Yep. Getting some of those guys because look, that's what they need right now. Right. Like I, you know, look, I love Robert Woods. He's a Trojan, but I don't expect big things from him. Um, you know, after my delusional uh, you know, taping up for Tavon Austin. Your Tavon Austin fever dream? Last year. Look, I had I I picked the wrong Rams receiver. If I'd have said Kenny Britt, I'd hey. have a lot smarter. Hey, but, here we go. You know, whatever. Yeah. But I, I just think I think this ends up being a weird kind of Cooper Cup Gerald Everett year for the Rams. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. I tell you what, if, if like you said, it, not not necessarily Gerald Everett because he's a rookie, but Tyler Higby, I thought he and Jared Goff had started to build a little bit of rapport uh, on the back half of last season. And that's assuming that Goff's going to be the starter. I would assume he would be the starter. But, but you got to remember, McVay has no tie to him. That's true. I mean, I guess the only thing is, is Les Snead is there, and he's definitely got a tie to him, so it's probably going to be one of those situations. But when the coaching staff comes in and has no allegiance to him, I think that's that's always a good thing. Um, that's true. The one, and and but, McVay also comes from a, a history, right? Kirk Cousins, RG3, where they really didn't have too much problems you know, benching RG3. I, right. You bring up a good point. And uh, one of the biggest stories, though, uh, to come out of the camp for me uh, was reported on by Vincent Vinny Bonsignor. Yep. Uh, he was talking about the offensive line the other day and was talking about Andrew Whitworth uh, and what he's been able to do at left tackle. Okay. And he, again, it's it's OTAs and all that stuff, but he was saying that it, it really is noticeable. Like, having him at left tackle – really solidifies that line. And Great. and when you look at this offense and what they're going to be able to try to do, I want them to be able to run the ball. And if they can improve, that to me, when we talk about values and players and things like that, I, I really believe Todd Gurley is going to have a chance to really take a step forward this season and get yeah. back to being one of the top fantasy running backs. And the, and the great thing for us is that there's always going to be people that you play with who were burned by Gurley last yeah. year and want absolutely nothing to do with Will it. not touch him. And I think that his ADP, I mean, you look at it now, it, whether you're doing your your, your uh, mock drafts, is he still kind of goes high? But I think that once we get into drafts, like people, when you're in a room with people and they've got the peer pressure, 
and everything like that that I think they eventually like people might back off of that one. So I'm really I really am paying more attention to what the Rams are doing on the offensive line because if they can get that fixed and get that offense humming, and and even Goff himself was talking about uh, how much easier it is to read the playbook. He's like, yeah, I'm doing a great job. And I don't know if it's because the playbook's better or they're doing a better job of explaining it. He finally knows where the sun rises and sets. (laughs) I mean, it could be anything. Listen, the quarterbacks are savants. Like, they really are. You, It's striking the the lack of, like, um, awareness of anything because you have to study so much. That you lose an awareness of everything that's going around you, you and you lack some common sense. Of where the David. sun rises and sets? <laughs> Anyways, I digress. <laughs> what difference does it make? It, it sets over there. It sets in the ocean. That's is that true. the west? Of course it is. But- uh, I think I, – I, just to throw in my two cents, I think uh, I think Everett's maybe the deep, the better guy here out of your tight end question, but yeah. – uh, this could be an offense that could surprise us. McVay is a, is a bit of a wonderkin, and yeah. he has drafted some pieces he wants, and we'll see what he can do. But uh, the Rams are certainly not going to cost you much in fantasy no. drafts outside oh, God, of uh, no. outside of Gurley. <laughs> oh, God, no. No, you're absolutely right. And, and again, uh, running games and good defenses, and I do believe they do have a good defense. Uh, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. They've got Wade so. Phillips there now, too. So. Yeah, so there you go. I think they'll be fine. Uh, NFL divisional breakdown, NFC East. We'll start with the Cowboys. They went 13-3 and last year. Zeke, I don't know, man. I don't know how much time we want to spend on Zeke. He's going one, two, or three. Not much analysis is needed. He's a beast. Dak was amazing last year as well. The QB6 in standard leagues. Consistent as hell, man. 11 different times he gave you 18 or more points. He fell into single digits just one time in the first 16 weeks. A top five quarterback this year, Marcus Grant. Uh, The one thing that worries me about Dak is can he keep his turnover number as low as he did last year? He was incredible about protecting that ball. Four interceptions. It's a phenomenal number. It's a really hard number to duplicate. Like, I don't want to say, you know, regression. I don't think that's going to be the case. But just, I mean, just the reality is. It's tough. It's tough to do that again. And so that's what helped keep his number. Because, you know, passing-wise, like the the yardage numbers, 3,600. You know, good, Eh. not great. Um, Not he, great had, at all. he had a decent number of rushing yards, just under 300. He had six right. rush, six rushing touchdowns. That'll help you. That's another number that's going to be hard to duplicate. So I, I say no. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I don't know about top five just because he did some things last year that I think are going to be really hard to replicate again this year. Des Bryant was your wide receiver 25 last year, just about 800 yards, eight receiving touchdowns, threw a touchdown as well. He missed three games due to injury. The good, here you go. He had seven games with 10 or more fantasy points. The bad, here you go. He had three different games where he played the entire game and had two or less points. Adam Rank, what do you project for the talented Des Bryant? There were four games all season where he had double-digit targets, which seems a little bit low for oh, a number one wide receiver. Low. Yeah, and uh, of course he missed some, some 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 time. All that being said, I still think that he's being undervalued. I think that Dak is going to really. He's going to continue to grow as a passer. Jason Witten is gone. Gone. Basically. R- really. And it's like <laughs> yeah, but- they don't have a number two receiver. Am uh, I missing it? No. I don't think I don't. They re-signed Terrence Williams, and how dare you slander Cole Beasley like that. So they don't have a number two receiver. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. So I expect yeah. um, 
with a full off season of working, because that's the one thing with with Dak when he was coming in um, as a young quarterback, is you work with different people or anything. I know that he. You know what? That's a great point. Do it. Uh, I think a full off season of working with Des Bryant that I feel that their chemistry can grow. And if I'm sitting there, I'm really banking on because I know when we did our mock draft, I kind of made a mistake and drafted Des in the second round because I would have taken DeAndre Hopkins. But I'm of the mind that if I'm an early third-round drafter, that I'm going to get an opportunity to take him. Yeah. And I'm pretty comfortable with that. I, I I don't think that I'm under any illusions that he's going to be a first-round wide receiver. But if you're drafting him in the second round or third round as your wide receiver two or three. Why not? I think that's a great value. I think this offense, again, will continue because the offensive line is so good. Yeah. You know what's crazy, too, is he missed three games and he still had nine total touchdowns. Um. It is good. My my one concern with Dez, uh, I think he's being kind of appropriately valued as long as you're not reaching for him in like the first round. Yeah. Is, well, I think he's going what late second. He's going like yeah middle second. Yeah. Um, but is is his he's always been such a guy, and you kind of hinted at this that his scoring is predicated on red zone touchdowns and things like that. He's been an absolute beast there. Beast. Very consistent. The offense with Dak and Zeke now have two other very potent threats when they point. get close to the end zone. That's a great point. And they, they ran the ball more than they passed it last year in that red zone as well. So this isn't going to be as high volume of a passing offense as it was back in the days of Tony Romo. Granted, it's still going to be funneled primarily through Dez, but if his touchdown total doesn't hit that near double-digit number, he might not return the value if you're reaching for him into the first round. So that's why if you can wait and catch him in like – the second or something in a standard league, then I think you're doing all right. The New York Giants went 11-5 and last season. OBJ will theoretically be allowed to dance more after scoring a <laughs> touchdown without getting penalized. He was your wide receiver four last year, 13-67 receiving. He had 10 touchdowns. Alex Gelhar, break down that wide receiver room in New York. Well, I mean, OBJ... He's good. He good. So there's there's that. Uh, you could take him in the first. <laughs> but I think the rest of this group is like it's a bunch of guys, and I think the last couple drafts I've, I've looked at and been a part of, uh, people have kind of adjusted their expectations and aren't reaching for these players because, for one, we don't know how the targets are going to be split up among Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard, who who was uh, successful in fantasy and you know on the field last year yep. on a fair amount of targets, but is he going to see that many again this year with also Evan Ingram there and Shane Vereen back healthy? So it's fair to take a stab at these guys in case because this is a loaded core of talented players. You got it you is. Know, veteran Brandon Marshall, all world player in OBJ, great talented youngster in Shepard, dynamic tight end in Ingram. But like the Eli Manning arm and age concerns are still very real to me. So I wouldn't look I wouldn't sniff any of these guys until the double digit rounds, but I think it's fair to take a flyer at any of them in K at least especially for the early parts of the season, if Eli's arm holds up and you know it's good, it might wear down down the stretch, which I think was definitely the case last year. You could get some decent early value out of one of these guys. The New York backfield is unclear. Putting, what? You putting, think? Putting it How dare, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> 2016 leading rusher Rashad Jennings was cut, although he rebounded nicely. For the first time in his career, he played an entire healthy season How dare of you. Dancing with the Stars. Oh. You stop. Oh. You wow. stop. <laughs> All right. I, I, did I, he win? He, he won. He Rashad Jennings won. He beat David Ross. And he that's, beat some other person. That's a shocker. Person. I would have thought the uh, Cubs, David Ross, would have uh, would have taken. The- I don't know. Ever since October, the Cubs have been taking L's. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you you get. Oh, that? look at Salty McSalt <laughs> pants over here. 
And maybe if Kershaw could just keep a couple of balls oh. in the yard in October. Oh, oh, no. How are the Angels doing? <clears throat> Listen, this isn't about the Angels. You're besmirching the Cubs. Rashad Jennings gone. Paul Perkins is the nominal starter. His name is being written in pencil. Shane Vereen coming off of double tricep tears. The team oh. drafted Wayne Gallman out of Clemson in the fourth round, so not a lot of draft capital there. They also signed Sean Drone for some reason. I don't know why. Rank, are you ready to fully commit in GTL with DJ Polly P? I'm in. You're in. Give me all about Polly P. I really like him. I like this kid. Watched him a lot when he was at the U. CLA. 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 You remember, like, MJ, MJD got, he got so much grief for saying that on Fantasy Friends. He called it the year. U? He called it the U, and he's like, yeah, UCLA. You're like, yeah, they actually have the U in their name. They I do, guess. indeed. But whatever. Um, yeah, because like you said, if, if there really are concerns about Eli's throwing arm, and I guess that there are, at some point this, this, this coaching regime needs to realize – you have to run the football. It's fun to go out there and do your three receiver sets, and you bring in Brandon Marshall. You draft a, a pass-catching tight end. Well, maybe I'm not being fair enough to Ingram in that respect. But anyways, you draft a tight end who's very dynamic. Yeah. Uh, at some point, run the football. And I think that uh, – There should Paul be Perkins, lanes available, man. Yeah. You know what? I, I really, Their offensive line is not great, though. It's not. It's a big concern. It is a big concern, but – yeah, you got to figure it out. They got. I don't know. I don't. And you got to find. And you got to be creative with uh, ways to get them the football. But still, I, even with the offensive line concerns, I think that they can still try to at least run the ball. And uh, he's clear cut the number one guy. I don't think that um, that Shalman uh, or Sean Drone. I don't think those guys are going to come in and take Shane the, Vereen. Or, I don't think that they're going to take the the, the the spot from him. I, I think one of the problems that faced Paul Perkins last year is something that impacts a lot of uh, UCLA guys. I think Cal guys face this too, is that you're not allowed to get onto the practice field till your school is done with graduation. And UCLA's graduation is August or some ridiculous thing like that. It's not quite that late, but... And that really put him behind the eight ball, and you, you know, and you got to learn pass protections and all sorts of other intricate things of the offense. And and NFL teams just don't practice enough anymore. That's one of the things that's been kind of legislated out of the league is yep. that nobody can practice. You just got to show. It's like it's almost like pickup ball now. It's like, hey, we're all just showing up in uh, the end of July, and like, hopefully, we can learn this stuff on the fly and go out there. And you wonder, like, why aren't these games as good as they were before? Like, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> um, so. Wow. Having a full Adam season. Adam put his old man hat on a, real quick. What an old what man hat. I mean, <laughs> not even a rant. Point, just... point, point to the lie in that statement. Yeah. I'm not. No. I'm not. I'm just saying. It was I like just, all of a sudden. It, it was just... all part of his point, but it was great. But like, here's why Paul Perkins should be good. And also, why the hell can't these kids practice anymore? The quality of the games are going down. Draft <laughs> Paul Perkins. Right. Exactly. Draft Paul Perfect. Perkins. Like He's got it. a full year under his belt, and it, I think it'll uh, it'll greatly impact his value. I like it. Washington. That line does suck. That's, that's a bad line. Oh. Okay. Washington went 8-7-1 and one last year. Kirk Cousins, that one, by the way, was w- one of the most unwatchable games ever. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Hey, I liked that game. That was a London game <laughs> with the Bengals. Oh, that was a fun so game. Bad, Stop it. That was a fun game. <laughs> no, it was not. Yes, it, it was. was. Oh, my okay, heavens. Hold on. Oh time my out. God. Quick aside. Yeah, yeah, Harmon and please. I have this conversation <laughs> all the time, is that we've gotten like so spoiled in this generation of football watching because – of like red zone and stuff like uh, you know you see it all the time when there's like an island game and yeah. it's not like 
wow, wham, bam, like touchdowns, everything. Yeah. People are like, oh, this game's so boring. Like, oh, this game sucks. Like, why isn't this game better? Look, look, look. And I, it, I'm, we're all spoiled because of Red Zone, but that was an entertaining game. Like, yeah, there I were am. lulls, but the end was hilarious. Yeah, and, not not going to lie to you. I don't remember it. It was the London game. You were probably the London game where they were. I was in no, early you watching in, it. You were in no, Sunday. We were doing we were, a show. Yeah, yeah. I just don't remember. It, it. was hilarious because, yeah, because you're, so you're rooting for the specter of, uh, of, of a tie. Like yeah. you, you wanted you wanted the because like first of all the worst game of, on record of 2016 was Carolina Arizona was that the uh, all these back to back mixed field goals oh yeah goals. that was the it was hilarious it was funny by the end though but this was another game where they're like that yeah we're bad gonna, football though too we're gonna put a game on at at 6:30 in the morning yes and it's gonna be suitably ridiculous okay. And there's going to be missed field goals. Didn't yep. somebody, like the Bengals missed a field goal, right? Yeah. Washington missed a field goal too? Right. Yeah. They both did in overtime, I think. But I also thought it was like the irony of sending the NFL product over there. That was the first like decent game they got. And then it ended in a tie in England so of bad. all places. It was perfect. It was so bad. So bad. It's great. Anyways, <clears throat> time right. back in. Okay. Uh, we'll go back. Harmon can espouse more on his theory that we're all spoiled by red zone. But <laughs> quit being so butthurt. <clears throat> it was fun. All right. Kirk Cousins was your quarterback five last year. 4,900 passing yards, just about 25 passing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So 29 total touchdowns, 12 interceptions. The passing game lost to Sean and Pierre Garcon, but – they added Terrell Pryor, theoretically a healthier Josh Doxson as well. Gellar, give me your take on Pryor, who's going around round five, a late 40s pick on average. I'm excited about Pryor. I think that's a good value for him. That that seems to kind of be the range every year we fall into with these, like, he walks guys with a huge with, workload. With these guys with mouth-watering, like, talent and potential, but there are still question marks around them. Like, yeah, like 214 targets, I think, left Washington this offseason. Uh, Jamison Crowder's still there. He figures to get some reports are nice or good so far about Doxon, but like Pryor's on a one-year deal. He wants to perform. He wants to get paid again. He's a big target for this offense too. Like, you know, Cousins doesn't, hasn't had a wide receiver like him with Doxon being on the shelf. So he's going to, he's going to have a huge guy can work in the red zone. And I mean, Pryor's got all the athletic gifts in the world. I think he's a wonderful shot to take right there uh, and, you know, hope for the best. I am crossing my fingers every single draft that I take Pryor. Yeah. He's walking into a huge target share. The talent level is there. The offense is there. The quarterback is there. I, I just – Yeah, it's man, not I like – it's. and the nice thing is it's not like he's going to be asked to go in there and shoulder the entire load. Right. It's not like he, you know, went to the Rams and they're like, great, you're our number one and kind of our number two, like – Jameson Crowder's there. Jordan Reed is there. They've got Chris Thompson on the backfield. Hopefully, Doxson's better. So, like, yeah. it's a good spot for him. For sure. All the pressure's not going to be on him, and hopefully he can thrive. Yeah, I love Pryor this year. Jordan Reed played 12 games last year, compiling 686 yards, six touchdowns, still the tight end nine on a disastrous tight end year last year. He and Greg Olson have very, very, very similar values in recent mocks, both going around round five in standard formats. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, Jordan Reed, Greg Olson, Travis Kelsey. What's your flavor of choice? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, for years, I was a Greg Olson guy, um, I, and I still like him. I think he's a good, a fantastic player, although he's starting to get into that dad run phase. Oh, yeah. Starting to, to oh, yeah. Starting to get a little Jason <laughs> Wittenitis a little bit. Um, sure. Jason Wittenitis. <laughs> you like that? Um, I, so I think I'm I'm going to go with Jordan Reed, and I know the the first the first comment you're going to get is, well, he's never healthy. But as we said last year a lot on this podcast, you know, you can't really worry about that as long as he's there. You go and and you roll with him because when he's there, he is arguably 
he's arguably maybe the best tight end. I mean, it, there's Gronk, and then, you know, there's Jordan Reed probably right on his heels. Okay. Um, so as long as he's there and he's playing well, then then you're fine. Because it's a situation where if you don't get one of those top, say, three or four tight ends, yeah. you're probably streaming the position anyway. That's true. So why not go get Jordan Reed, have yourself a quality player as long as he's healthy, and if something happens and unfortunately he gets hurt, well, you're, you know, you're no worse off than you probably would have been had you not drafted Jordan I think Reed. The, the health concerns are the reason why Travis Kelsey right now is the second tight end coming off the board in most standard drafts, but that's okay. Fat Rob, Robert Kelly is the nominal starter. I want to throw in one quick thing on that with Marcus. Uh, I totally agree. Jordan Reed's my tight end too because he's the only one that actually has a ceiling, I think, of beating Gronk. Like if if Gronk Gronk and Reed both play a full 16 games, Reed is like the – if all the tight ends play a full 16 games, like Reed is one of the only ones I think has a very realistic ceiling of beating Gronk because he'll have the yardage and, and touchdowns. Kelsey, the only thing that concerns me is his uh, touchdown potential. Like, he's a great, you know, smart pick. He's he's finally was utilized more in that offense last year. But, like, they have so many weapons, and it's Andy Reid, and when they get to the red zone, last year, like, Chris Conley almost had as many red zone targets as he did. Uh, you know, Jeremy Macklin's coming back from his knee injuries. Tyreek Hill is get there. Bunch, yep. Spencer Ware, Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's easier to see a case where Reed, because he is such a dominant presence in the red zone, gets double-digit touchdowns again. And like you said, if he does get injured, guess what? The rest of the tight ends suck anyway, so just go stream it. <laughs> like, it's, it's a tough position to get. Yeah. And just go get somebody with touchdown upside. I like it. <clears throat> again, Robert Kelly, the nominal starter at running back right now for Washington. Obviously, I've been extremely optimistic in my projections for rookie Samaj P. Ryan. One of our NFL Network former scouts, Bucky Brooks, says if P. Ryan wins the starting job, P. Ryan could be a dark horse to win rookie offensive player of the year honor. Woo! Saying P. Ryan could put up a surprising thousand yard rushing campaign let's go samaje i like it all right we'll go to philadelphia Wait, hold on hold yeah, on yeah please this is an interesting point right here because in our league of leagues yes we have no no no. hold on no i just i love you hold always have to get in one mention of your league of leagues hold on but this is pertinent because we have the third selection in our supplemental draft yes which means that we could pick from the NBA or the NFL. That's right. Odds are because our baseball team's pretty good, our basketball team's money. Um, so we'll probably Oh, we're focus. definitely taking running back. We're going to focus. And let's say Fournette and McCaffrey are gone. Are gone. Because they will be. With the third overall pick, mm. are we taking Samaj P. Ryan? I think we are. Because I could, I could do it. Because I, I, I think it's it, the, the two of us, as the, uh, the fathers of young girls, we're not taking Joe Mixon. And I'm not trying to be funny about that, but it's like I 100. There's not enough money. Like, I can't I do it, and I don't want to. If you want to do that with Joe Mixon, that's fine. I'm not going to try to preach to you about yeah. it. But I know me personally, like I can't I'd rather not. I'd rather not do it. I can't. I can't look at him on my roster. Can't yeah, do it. I, do, I just don't want to do it. And I think that P. Ryan definitely deserves deserves to get that third pick. Uh, guys, yes. Are, are you just confident that no one else in League of Leagues listens to this podcast? <laughs> well, yeah, we have the third. Pretty, pretty confident, thing, yes. We, we have the third. Well, yeah, that, there's that. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say probably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, we have the third pick. You could have the fourth pick and listen to this podcast. It doesn't matter. We're going to pick before you, pal. <laughs> don't matter. In Philadelphia, they went 7-9 and nine last year. Year number two for Carson Wentz. The Eagles signed ultra-talented, ultra-injury-prone Alshon Jeffrey in the offseason. Adam Rank, what does the former Bear do in Philadelphia. I like this situation for him, 
and he's going to go in as the the number one receiver. The one thing that's – he's got a – does he have a drug – I get so confused. Does he still have a drug suspension looming over his head, or he served that one? I think yeah. he served that one and came back. He just – the one thing about him, like I was – I know this is going to sound like sour grapes, but he was just one of those players that you could never count on week in and week out. Like immensely talented – Always has the reputation. Oh, the skills. We're just watching him play. He's a great player, but yeah. you just didn't see it enough consistently. And so to think that he's going to go to Philadelphia and play 16 games and be this dominant number one receiver, I just I'm just not confident that's going to be the case. It's a pretty good offense that he goes to. It's it definitely is. It's certainly an upgrade from Chicago last year. Yeah. A definite upgrade. Even with the young quarterback who's trying to find his way, that probably works to his advantage. Right. He's going to get funneled a lot of targets, but Again, it's what he's going to be able to do. Is he going to be on the field enough for to take advantage of it? And with that offense, too, there are a lot of guys who are going to be in the mix for touches and all that stuff. Jordan so, Matthews is there. Of course. Uh, but I, definitely the number one receiver. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what his value will be. Right now, I know I, when he was in Chicago, he was being overvalued. Yeah, that's true. And he was, he was literally outplayed by Cameron Meredith. I don't know about outplayed. He was. Outtargeted. Outplayed. Okay. You have to be on the field. And if you're not, you're getting outplayed. Alshon Jeffrey, speaking of value right now, is going in that Doug Baldwin, Allen Robinson range around round three or four. I think if you get him in round four, man, I, man, that's great value for Alshon Jeffrey. All right, Philadelphia also signed LeGarrette Blunt, the RB7 last year. A shocking 1,100 yards rushing, even more shocking. 18 touchdowns. Insane. Wiz, give me your take on the Philadelphia backfield. Well, I want to ask you guys a question. Uh, Ryan Matthews, we all think he's kind of gone, but how many rushing touchdowns do you think Ryan Matthews had last year? Nine. Uh, I was going to say six. He had eight. Okay. He actually was, I think, tied for fifth behind uh, LeGarrette Blunt. Let's see, one, two, three. Tied for fourth, excuse me, in rushing attempts inside the five. Inside the five. So they. this is a team also that last year, I think, because the injuries to Ryan Matthews, Wendell Smallwood not being quite ready yet as a rookie, they skewed a little bit more pass-heavy than they probably wanted with a rookie quarterback. I think right. that's why they went out and signed a guy like Garrett Blunt. He'll probably be in the range of somewhere from 150 to 200 carries in this offense and going to get all the goal line work. He's probably going to be a great you know, middle-round pick now, and, and especially in standard leagues. And Darren Sproles, for this year at least, figures to hold off Danelle Pumphrey or anybody else as the, uh, the kind of scat back. He still had... 71 targets last year in this offense, Darren Sproles did. So as far as like deep round PPR running backs, I think those are the, excuse me, those are the two to take. Yeah. Uh, this is also, of course, assuming Ryan Matthews does get, get cut, cut because of his, <clears throat> he's coming back from a neck injury and uh, I don't know if he's past his physical and stuff yet. Wendell Smallwood's the guy to stash in this backfield. I don't know what Donnell Pumphrey's going to do as a rookie. I don't have high expectations for him. They yeah, also say either. they're going to play him as a, in the slot a bunch, but he reminds me of these guys we've seen come in of great athletics, a lot of production, like a Dre Archer, him kind of his kind of thing. But he's just too small, and he's kind of miscast in an NFL offense. Yeah, so I think I Garrett Blunt's the guy to own, though, in this backfield. They're going to want to run the ball, and they'll do so around the goal line. Just because I saw Donnell Pomf- uh, Pumphrey, Mumphrey, I don't Pumphrey. know Pumphrey, Pumphrey, uh, play at San Diego State, and he was he was such a tremendous player, fantastic player. I just. I, again, I don't know what his role will be, but if they move him into the slot and they give him the ball in some kind of space, I trust that he'll make some plays. Will he be fantasy relevant? No. No. 
I mean, because no. he, he might get a couple looks a game, right. and if he takes one for right. a touchdown, hooray! Right. But, like, are you going to want to bank on two to three touches a game? By the way, I, I just want to say, too, I, and I know we get this on Twitter all the time, but, like, when I say somebody's not going to be fantasy relevant, people take it so personally. Yeah. I'm not saying the dude's a bad, a bad guy, a bad player, whatever. <laughs> right. I'm just saying he's not going to be fantasy relevant. Right, he might be an excellent player for the team, but that's he's not right. going to score your fake team that's right. fake uh, points in this right. fictional game. Is, that is, is Aztec Nation coming after you? No, no, no. I, I, I have ne- I've never even tweeted about Donnell. Is, is, Akbar, is Akbar Baja being able to try to corner you? <laughs> a, uh, is he going to tackle me? <laughs> it's a good God. preemptive defense on your part, though, James. <laughs> but I think this, this could be a decent value in the backfield with yeah. Leggy Blunt and maybe even Sproles. I will say, although I may have, I may have said a, a few bad words uh, regarding Donnell Pumphrey when, when San Diego State played Cal. Oh. <laughs> you totally wow. did. I'm pretty sure I did. Totally dismissive. I probably was. And I and I apologize profusely. Who won? Did you guys beat Sandy? No. No, no, we didn't. Oh, no, you <laughs> We suck. Yeah. Rocky Long's got that Pumphrey uh, that. Pumphrey had like 200 total yards or something on Cal. Yeah. It was stupid. He's a good player. He's a good player. Uh, all right, well, so have we reached the open floor portion <clears throat> of this? Yes, we have NBA. indeed. Please. One guy I want to give a little love to is Jameson Crowder. I actually just picked him up in that PPR mock draft I did last week. I think he's a guy in a sneaky good spot, especially in PPR leagues. I mean, he had 67 catches last year and 99 targets. As we mentioned, all those targets walked out the door. He's a good guy. He's one of those good shifty guys in the red zone, like yep. the smaller size guy that can get open a lot and create separation like Antonio Brown or Randall Cobb before injuries saddled him with two back-to-back terrible seasons. But Crowder is a guy that doesn't have the name value. Pryor got signed there. We don't know about Doxon's health, but like, don't don't sleep on Jamison Crowder this year. He he could be a guy that you know pushes ninety catches or something in this offense. MG, what storyline am I missing in the NFC East? Um, you know, I don't. I I think the big storyline, one of the bigger storylines, is Eli Manning. Um, as you know. We talk about, you know, I know Dan Hansis likes to talk about gradual decline and that sort of thing in, you know, in regards to Tom Brady. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Eli was one of those kind of fringe QB1s for a oh, while. Yeah. I don't know that that's the case anymore. And I know he's got a ton of weapons. I know he's got guys there to get the ball to. But I feel like this is going to be a situation where you see somebody like, oh, you know, Odell's going to prosper. He's going to be fine. You know, even maybe Sterling Shepard or whatever. But I don't know that, that Eli Manning is that fringe quarterback one that you can just plug into your lineup on a regular basis anymore. Interesting. All right. Adam, uh, oh, sorry. I, r- Adam Rank, do you have one? Well, we kind of uh, just skimmed over Kirk Cousins. We did. Who was the QB5 yeah. last year. What, I, is he going to be able to do that again? Like, he's going yeah. and working with another offensive coordinator. I mean, Kyle Shanahan left, and McVay came in and did well. We're asking him once again to come in and learn from a new offensive coordinator and just assuming, like, oh, yeah, he's going to be great. Well, I think, I think for that particular team, I think it really starts with Jay Gruden. You know, so I think whatever offensive coordinator comes through, I don't know if it necessarily matters because I think Jay's got his thumbprint, uh, his his entire handprint on that offense. So I, I don't. I think the transition will be a lot easier for him. Okay, because I don't see him as a top five quarterback. Uh, no? And they they put in uh, Matt Cavanaugh is the offensive coordinator, and he was um, the quarterback's the quarterback coach the last two seasons under Cousins under Gruden. So I think you're right. I don't think it's going to be a massive drop-off or step. I think Cousins will still be a value. I don't see him getting back into the top five, though, probably. If Ben Roethlisberger stays healthy, he jumps into the top five. If Cam Newton no. gets right. No. Um, no. No. If Ben Roethlisberger stays healthy, you don't think he's a top five? Qu- really? No. No. Le'Veon Bell, Martavis, Brian, Antonio Yeah, Le'Veon Bell's going to get a lot of this touchdown. Ben's going to poop himself on the road a bunch of times. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> ben hasn't been like a top twelve. He's been a top twelve quarterback. I forget what it was like once in the last like seven years. Yeah. And that includes some like fully healthy years. I feel like he's living off his name value. He he is a phenomenal quarterback, but yeah. like fantasy quarterback, there are so many better options to pick over okay. him, even to get in the top five. Like Russell Wilson's going to be healthy again. Yeah. Cam Newton's going to be healthy again. Jameis Winston Buck's healthy. Winton's Winston's rising. Derek yeah. Carr, Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota, Ty God, like. All of these guys are going to probably finish higher than Big Ben. All right. There you also, go. Also, Big Ben's going to inevitably get injured, say he's going to miss eight games, only miss two and a half, <laughs> and then come back. So we have to factor that in as well. Uh, oh, the other one I wanted to throw out quick. Yeah, uh, circle the name Rico Gathers. He's starting to get some whispers in the fantasy community. He is a former basketball player. Hello. Six foot eight at tight end. For the Dallas Cowboys. Well, he's piqued be, my interest. He's going to be a Hall of Famer then. I like it. So just circ- circle it. Circle the name. And we, Do we have any Ivy League guys that we need to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, not on my radar okay, yet. But, good. yeah, this is a guy. Uh, just We've had athletic, I think, former basketball players even before come through as backup tight ends to Jason Witten. None of them have held on. Okay. But, as we mentioned, Jason Witten, ancient, amazing career, 14 years, hasn't missed a game since his rookie season. God, he's like, calcified. Are you kidding me? That's outrageous. But – He's getting up there, and as we mentioned, too, they don't really have a number two option, although that was a, a slight against Cole Beasley. <laughs> but Rico gathers. Okay, there you go. Keep, keep an eye on him. Dynasty Leagues, maybe pick him up. Beautiful. I like it. Let's close out your show with a round of Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hook. Give me daps, because I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps. Daps Daily Dap Time. I'll kick us off this time. I was watching this last night. It's a it's an anime on Netflix. It's an anime movie. It's uh, spelled blame with an exclamation point at the end. Blame with an exclamation point. It's pronounced blam, I guess. Anyways, it is a it, it's visually stunning. It's a good story. Um, it's thought provoking. I, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. And if you're a nerd and you're into anime, um, give it a watch. It just came out on Netflix. Um, I was I was blown away by it. I thought it was terrific. So again, it's blame with an exclamation point at the end on Netflix. Go check it out if you have the opportunity. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what's up? Uh, I'm gonna daily that Master of None uh, season two just uh, hit Netflix not all that long ago, and I sat on a Sunday and crushed the whole thing. No, me. you didn't, did you? Actually, it's, it's not that hard. A lot of the episodes are anywhere between 25 to 35 minutes. Okay. Uh, one of them is a solid hour. Ten episodes too. There's ten episodes. They're all fairly short, so it's pretty easy to do. Um, if you watch the first season and liked the first season, this one is. To me, it's it's better. Okay. It, it surpasses the first season, and this goes beyond just you know the Aziz Asari uh, and Sari character and what his you know his life and career goals are. Yeah. Kind of encompass a whole lot of other things. I think, and the one that everybody is really talking about, which I loved, uh, he appears in it for like less than a minute. Uh, his character appears at the beginning and the end, and the rest of it are just short little vignettes about just working class people in New York City and kind of their day to day struggles. Really? Um, yeah, it's it, it's called New York. I love you, like right. the New York. I love you movie, yeah. and uh, like Paris, J- cool. Paris Tame or however you pronounce that. I probably butchered it. Paris, I love you, like a lot of those things that have done the little vignettes. Cool. But it's a great episode. It's a great episode, and the whole season though is is fantastic. You know, he does the you know obviously the celebrity cameos and that sort of stuff too. But uh, if you like the first season, you will love season two okay. of Master of None. There you go, Adam Rank. What you got? I'm going to start off with Dick Vital. Give him a little dap because I have a Dickie series, me, baby. I have a series starting, it'll be next week, Why You Should Root For, and it's going to be all 32 teams we're going to talk about. Give a little brief history, talk about some of the cool aspects. This is going to be on NFL.com? NFL.com. Great. Yeah, which means, yeah. 
Um, so we'll be doing that. And one of the things we're going to be doing or trying to do, uh, we haven't had too much success. We're, we're trying to get celebrities to weigh in like, hey, why do you root for this team? Yeah. And uh, Sal- Sam Jackson, you know, wasn't returning my phone cales, but <laughs> – Dickie V, Sam Dickie V got on the phone and we had a delightful conversation no, about the Tampa not. Bay Buccaneers. Did you? Yeah, that's awesome. Great. It's really jarring to call somebody like that on the phone. He just answers it, you know, and it's like it's obviously Dick Vitale's voice, but you got to go through this song and dance of like Mr. Vitale. Yes. Oh, okay. And you know, you know, Adam Rank. We have this appointment set up. Blah blah blah. So it all <laughs> went really well, and it's one of those. And I know everybody always says like, don't meet your heroes or anything like that, but. Uh, he was uh, beyond gracious. He was uh, very well informed. I would. I'm always worried about things like that. Is you get some people who you're like, does this guy even watch? Do they yeah. have like a cursory understanding? Yeah. But he was. He pretty much he knew everybody who's on the currently on the team. He's talking about OJ Howard, um, Deshaun Jackson. So he's. I knew he was a baseball fan. I didn't know he, he was loves, a football fan. He loves because he said when he when he moved to Tampa Bay, he just really embraced. The local teams, and at the time, it was just the Buccaneers. He's been a long-time season ticket holder. Yeah, He was going – he was actually, as a matter of fact, going to the Rays game that night. This huh. was on Tuesday. Uh, and I said, hey, tell Mike Trout. I said hello because they were playing the Angels. That's great. And then there was a photo of him on Twitter, him and Trout throwing it up. So that was pretty cool. So uh, I'm going to dap him because I know he gets – You think he, he brought up your name? Not at all. Oh. <laughs> he gets a lot of, He gets a lot of S, but um, <laughs> he's. He, I still find him amusing. Okay. I still think that – you know what? He's I like him. Sure. And he's having a good time. Right. That's that's the one thing. Like, people – there's been a groundswell of people who are now supporting Joe Buck. Like, this is our cause. Like, we're going to be hipsters by saying, like, no, dude, Joe Buck's cool. But then they still crap on Dickie V, who's, I think, sincere with everything that he's doing. And, like, what we're seeing is – I met him in real really – just to uh, addendum to that. I met him in real life as well. And tell me if this is true, but the way he t- the way he talks in private is the way he talks on TV. 100%. I mean, not as amplified, but, yeah. I mean, it's it is him. It's him. Exactly. Unmistakable. And I also finally want to dap the NXT takeover Chicago. Once again, the NXT product overshadowed, outshone, was brighter than the top of the roster pay-per-view that accompanied it. Mm. Uh, The big thing, uh, the big news coming out of that one, this is going to be a spoiler if you haven't seen NXT takeover Chicago. Spoiler Uh, alert. Spoiler alert. Right, the breakup of DIY, the tag team. I know if you can't trust a professional re- wrestler named Psycho Killer, then who can you trust? <laughs> um, Psycho Killer, Johnny Wrestling have gone their separate ways. And there is there is a kid who put together who put together a video uh, of, uh, of the backstory. Because this, this whole thing is played out for well over a year, I think. Um, with the subtle things because Psycho Killer, they they started in the Cruiserweight Classic because they weren't like a classic tag team, but they started in the Cruiserweight Classic and Psycho Killer, Tommaso, he, uh, he likes to pull his knee pad down and hit guys with it. Oh, great. And he was in the Cruiserweight Classic against Johnny Wrestling and he didn't do it and it ended up costing him. So, And there was a big thing that during the heel turn, he did do that. He finally removed the knee pad, hit him in the face, and then busted him up. Um, but it was really well done. And if you go to a, a website called With Spandex, it's a wrestling, withspandex.com. It's part of the With Leather family, so they moved it on to Spandex. Um, it's part of Uproxx. Uh, their wrestling writers are really good, and they there's a video on there. of It's a montage of this year-long – set up for a heel turn 
underneath Johnny Cash's hurt. Oh, really? Oh, it is, and it's it's pretty remarkable. It's it's well done, and I'm like it. It's been a long time since professional wrestling has done something like that. Okay, like, great story, great setup, all the subtle things to do that made it happen, and then this video because these guys are real life or. Yeah, they're real life friends. Like yeah. they're in each other's. Like Gargano got married. Okay, and uh, he was in the wedding. So there's a video. There's a shot of that. And it was like really well done. And I'm like, I'm texting my friend. I'm like, I am, I am literally not figuratively, literally getting choked up watching this stupid thing. Oh my! And it doesn't make sense. And the what? best part of it, and the what? best part of it, is these guys are still, <laughs> they're still keeping it going, in. Off the, off the screen, because like everybody knows the gist of wrestling now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, these guys legitimately lived together. They were roommates, and then they moved out. And so they they're they're, <laughs> they're putting po- they're putting photos. What psycho killer? I don't know how he fills out his his uh, his rent rental agreement. Psycho. <laughs> um, but uh, oh, they're they're doing it so they're making it seem super real, which uh, it's fun. It, it's a cool uh, cool little twist. And once again, props to NXT. Oh, and my friend Eric Young, who was part of that card, who also had a great match. So go lovely. check that out. And, lovely, uh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Whiskit from Wisconsin, Alex Kelhar. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to follow up that. Uh, I played a really fun board game over the weekend called Pandemic. It's been out for a long time. It's a co-op board game where you and the rest of the players try to save the world from infectious diseases outbreaking. And it uh, takes a lot of strategy and teamwork, and it's pretty fun. Also want to give a daily dap to uh, the Game of Thrones Season 7 trailer, the official one that came out today. Uh, I think Marcus retweeted it. I quote tweeted it. It looks bananas. Okay, I, I do have one bone to pick with the trailer. Okay. There's still no winter coming. <laughs> There were a lot of shots of people in snow and cold. Like I feel like we are still not. We've been we've been threatened with winter since like episode. No, two. It's, it's it's moved down now. It's now it's south of the wall. Um, winter. And you're back on board now, right? Jay? I'm back on board. Yes. I, okay. I so the trailer's awesome. Go I'm check such it out. A and then last daily dab <clears throat> is to Chris Stapleton. I saw him live over the weekend. It was my third time seeing him live. He, I dabbed his album. I think last week. He is just so good live. I took a friend. Like, he's he's listed as country, but he's much more blues and rock. And when he's live, that's what comes through. And cool. he's just a phenomenally gifted musician. He's got an incredible voice. And my friend that came with me uh, is not even a big country fan. He's like, that was an amazing show. All right, there you so go. So he's if you get a chance. Where'd you see him? At the Forum. Forum, right? Yeah. How'd you like that? I love the Forum. I've been there before. It's a great venue for concerts. Um, but if you get a chance, look, he's on tour right now. If he's coming to a city near you. Go give him a shot. He's amazing live. All right, so there you go. The Whiz Kid from Wisconsin. That's the show. For Alex Gilhar, for MG, my guy Marcus Grant, Adam Rank, Dylan Milner in the background. What up, kid? James, go. We're out. 57 minutes. All right, cool. Uh, all right, then. Rank, anything to say? Get off your chest before we get started? Nope. Are we going to hit 50 minutes? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I fr- I'm glad you mentioned that because i got to get my timer out. I got my timer over here. <sighs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this, this thing cranking. I like it. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.